0: Welcome in to Pater Sports, part of the Six-Pack Coverage Network. Will to Nick Trucial, Seth Coggin in here with you today. Guys, I do want to start off just real quick. I know we don't usually do stuff like this, but uh, with all of us being from Nashville, um, we don't have to go too far into it. But just with what's transpired today with the mass shooting over at the Covenant School, I did just want to give um, a quick moment of silence for all the Victims there um, before we get started, and then we can segue into it. So let's do that. All right. Thank you. With that, um, let's segue into a little college basketball talk. It's March, baby. I think the last time we were on here was right before... were we on before we the boys took it to hot springs? Was that the last time we were yeah. all together on here? Who mm-hmm. feels like a long time ago? I think we have to go back a little bit then because, yeah, for the listeners that don't know or that may have not listened to the last pod we were all on, Trucial, Seth, and I and a bunch of other obsessed, really good buddies went over to hot springs, Arkansas for his bachelor trip. First weekend of March doesn't get any better, the best time of the year. The boys were buzzing. Had the screens going. Had the projectors going, uh, going out. Going to the casino. I think the casino top sports moment, uh, def- probably top sports moment of like not being at a game or anything in my life. Wow. We got to.
1: It, it has to be up there for you with
0: with your results. Well, so we yeah we got to watch Seth. I'll actually let you just describe what uh, Oakland was for the boys because we had Arkansas. And Tennessee playing in second round mat big second round matchups uh during that day. So yeah, I'll let you yeah. know, just describe just, what that was. Just like. truly, I
2: mean, scripted scripted by the good gods above um to set up a hogs and balls like Saturday second round double header. Um, had the whole crew in hot springs, which is just a wonderland of sorts <laughs> for all ages, young and old. Find whatever you like, and you will have it there. Not only did we get to celebrate March Madness, we also got to celebrate uh St. Patrick's Day in true hot springs fashion. Shout out to the copper penny. Shout out, to, shout out to the world's shortest hot spring or world's shortest St. Patrick's Day parade lasting 98 feet. So packed. We couldn't even see the parade. We got there late. We didn't really know what was going on. We couldn't even see. So shout out to Hot Springs for just absolutely putting it on for the boys. Um, this is now a Visit Hot Springs ad podcast. Um, so Visit Hot Springs. If you like, you know, Natural Springs, if you like the casino, if you like horse racing, um, they have you covered. And so we get to Oak Casino. And what What an immense spread that they have going on there. Clean, uh, you know. I kind of do like Will. I'm not a frequent casino guy, but I do enjoy that there was a non – most of the area was non-smoking. I like that uh, you walk into the casino, you're not just, you know, abruptly faced with just thick smoke um, because that is a bit of a turnoff for myself. Even though, I mean, I'm I'm not – I'm not one to hate on smoking. I just if I'm going to be there for a while. Anyway, beyond besides the point. Oakland was set up for the day of our lives. You had live horse racing. I was running back and forth. I would, you know, cuz we're in the sports book. And so we're sitting there, we're watching the ball and just yeah, an awesome time. I can only imagine really what Vegas gets like when truly like the sports books are really popping for an event like March Madness. But you do. You have the massive screens. You got different games on. You got everything you could possibly imagine, and the horse racing is going on live at the same time. Ten races all day action. So you see them lining up, and I would just go sprint out there and watch the ponies. I mean, what an experience! And then sprint right back in and catch the end of the Balls Duke game and catch the Balls just bringing Duke into the mud. And that was really, uh, you know, for the Hogs and Balls, which is our partial. Um, teams on this podcast. What a Saturday of events to beat Duke and Kansas back-to-back to have the absolute casino buzzing. I mean, the boys were leading the charge. As you can imagine, 12 impassioned uh, young men um, who are you know, both placing some bets. Some of us are getting some drinks in us, and we're just letting the – we're letting the energy – we're letting the energy flow. The energy's coming in and it's going out, and so it really all culminated with um, just a ton of guys bouncing around all day. That's we were all just like little pinballs in the casino, just bouncing around from from blackjack table to you know casino games to a restaurant to you know the sports book. Which shout out Oakland, another Ed, A great time if you just want to go have a good time, a good Saturday, a good Sunday, whatever. Just go out there and just bounce around, have some fun. Sam Um, Pittman was. Anyway, it all culminated. Sam Pittman was there. Shout out, shout out the Boss Hog. Uh, He is a Hot Springs man. House on Lake Hamilton. Likes the ponies. Um, Can't blame him. Pretty awesome. Uh, It all really culminated in the home stretch with the Hogs taking on Kansas. Uh, So we came down to the wire, eight versus a one seed. Um, but we knew we had a good shot against Kansas. We had the talent to be there. Um, and in retrospect, now that Arkansas is out, that was absolutely my national championship. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to – I really – it was a one seed. It was Kansas in the big dance. Pretty much my national champion. Like, I'm i am pretty happy with not winning the whole tournament. That's about as happy as an outcome as I could have. And Arkansas – I mean, just Devo Davis putting the team on his absolute back. And just bucket after bucket, just crowd going crazy. And eventually the hog pull out the big dub. Muscleman goes tarps off. Um, A few of us, not to name names, also go tarps off. Just going crazy. A moment of pure pandemonium struck. I mean, it was pure elation, pure release of joy. And that is what sports gives us. That's why we fight and claw. That's why we fight and claw every day just to have a chance at that feeling. Just to have a chance at that pure insanity and pure elation. And, yeah, tarps came off. Security guards had to get involved. But the boys held it down. We got the dub. We enjoyed it with the whole crowd. We had that crowd pretty pretty riled up at the sports book there. Um, And it was only indicative of what Razorback Nation was feeling all over the place. But, um, yeah, to enjoy a whole weekend of basketball, like, It is a lot like March Madness is a lot. I forget just how much like the other night more games were on and it was like there is just so much basketball and high level and intense basketball. You can almost get lost in you can kind of get lost in the sauce a little bit of March Madness. Um, But luckily on that Saturday in Hot Springs, the Hogs and the Vols prevailed over the Blue Bloods of Duke and Kansas and did it in just amazing fashion. And to to the great enjoyment uh, of the squad, and they would both go on to lose their next games. But for that night, it didn't matter. For that night, we were nat- we were champions,
0: and that's what Hot Springs makes you feel like a champion. Beautiful. I couldn't have put it much better. It was it was yeah, a heck awesome. of a time for the boys.
1: Storybook description, Seth. Beautiful.
0: And then Will got hot on the on the
2: blackjack table. Yeah, Will. Why just kind of just going.
1: I mean that's what got me fired up. Uh, second most to the Vols beating Duke in the weekend, and uh, third most to
0: the Hogs beating Kansas too,
1: so. and the, the hole in one. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the hole in one. Well, they were kind of even. Oh,
0: <laughs> I will say, yeah, sick. I got a little. So right, right next to the sports book, they had a little multiple chair electronic blackjack going on, which you know kind of sketches me out a little bit. The whole electronic blackjack because you don't know if it's a computer that's just. Totally gaming the system, but this one, it, she was good to me. That's all I can say. She she was good to me. Uh, I started getting hot, and I I refused to throw too much money down. I just stayed with my little ten and fifteen dollar bets. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Would have been nice if I would have been throwing a hundred or two hundred dollars in there every now and then. But I stayed with it. Didn't want to get too greedy, and just got hot. You can't. I know what MJ feels like now. Sometimes you just can't describe it. <laughs> Sometimes you just get hot and you're just hitting everything, you know, sprinkle a little every now and then I'd sprinkle a little more, just five or 10 bucks more on a hand. And I'd hit blackjack. And it was like, I just can't lose today. And I knew when to pull away. I kept every time I would get up a certain amount, I'd be like, all right, if I, if I lose, uh, or if I get back down to X mark, then I'm going to pull out. And I just kept going, kept going up. Never, never got down to that mark I was talking about. Then eventually did came out, you know few few hundred bucks here on top nothing nothing crazy but a little we'll say a little more than a few hundred bucks but it was a good day in the casino got to buy the some of the boys a few drinks with my winnings Feel, feeling good paid for my trip essentially let's put it that way i think i guess i could put it that way um but anyway we'll we'll move on we'll go back to march going on from that We'll, we'll try not to spend too much time on the Vols and Hogs, but I I do want to hear Truchel, after we heard Seth talk about his national championship, essentially, I want to hear what you felt about the Vols Sweet 16 matchup and what you feel about Rick Barnes at this point in time.
1: Um, I mean, it was pretty much the – The most Tennessee, Sleepy Rick way to go out possible. You lose to the Florida Atlantic team that ends up making it to the Final Four. Same thing happened uh, against Loyola Chicago just a few years ago when they uh, went on their little run. We ran into them and fell short. Uh, Rick Barnes hasn't been to a Final Four since 2003 and hasn't uh, been to an Elite Eight uh, since the 2000s. So, Rick Barnes, buddy, it's – I mean, there's nothing, and it sucks because if I'm realistic here, I know Tennessee's going to keep him. Most likely he's going to retire of fall. It's uh, one of those guys that is a, a college great, will always be remembered uh, by college basketball fans, but will always be remembered as a guy that never got went out there and did the whole thing. So kind of just in limbo right now. I was joking around with some friends, that best-case scenario. We fire Rick Barnes, and then – pull up a Brink, Brinks truck of $30 million to Jay Wright's front lawn and we bring him out of retirement. Uh, now, I don't think anything like that is going to happen. And we'll probably have to go after a guy like Kim English, who just got hired by Providence. Um, it's one of those young guys that has a connection to to Rick Barnes after he retires. I see him kind of getting out of the way here in the next three years, hopefully. But he got to a sweet 16 that saved his job. I, I don't even know if it was really in jeopardy ever realistically. Uh, Duke, screw, I just want to give a quick shout out slash uh, screw you to Jay Billis for all his talk after Duke lost saying, oh, Tennessee's a dirty team, getting this whole narrative going uh, and that kind of being the storyline going into FAU. I feel like that might have been a little bit of a distraction, but at the end of the day, FAU just hit threes, and uh, they've out-rebounded everybody in this whole tournament. Um, they're the, probably the best rebounding team in the country, at least that I've watched. And I mean, man, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but it's Tennessee basketball.
0: Yeah, I think going back to what you said, I really don't know if Rick's job was truly in jeopardy because um, the second-round loss to Duke is different. Yeah. It's a little different than just a second-round loss, and I think the fact that he won that, it's like, all right, he's good to go. Basically. You know, it's, yeah, it wasn't
1: it's the same thing. He always gets the guys ready for those games. We beat Texas. We beat Kansas. We beat Alabama. And you lose to Vandy, Mizzou, FAU. It's it's like the Titans. We and but I
0: think I think Vol fans are at the point with basketball where it's like they're kinda they're gonna complain about it. But at the end of the day, I think at this point, no one's going to get super fired up about getting rid of Rick Barnes. Yeah, no. I don't think so. I mean, I can't speak for all of all nation, I guess. But I feel like he's done enough to where you're like, you know, I wish we could make it back to the Elite Eight or get a first Final Four, obviously, national championship. But the fact that you have this really good basketball team that's now been to multiple Sweet 16s. It may not happen. He may still make a run. Like that's the thing you don't know. But I think he at least has saved his job because he's not going to be around super long. That's the other thing. No. He's just not.
2: Yeah, it's a, that is a decent thing to even remember. Is like his career is winding down. Regardless, um, I think it would be just from an out from a little bit of an outsider's perspective. It'd be pretty asinine to run off with Rick Barnes, who like has put. I understand the sentiment behind like you're just desperate to go farther in the tournament, which is the last thing that he has not done. Like that – I understand. Like that is the last – like he has not gone far in the tournament with Tennessee. Now what? This is his second sweet – like he has had at least a couple, you know, out of the first weekend at least twice. Um, But, you know, for a program that Bef- – I mean, before Rick Barnes in the last like forever, hadn't really done a ton, even in like the SEC or the SEC tournament or stuff like that. Like Rick Barnes has had this team nationally relevant for the past six years. Um, They've put together some really strong squads. They've won the SEC regular season at least once. And I believe they've won the the SEC tournament at least once. Yeah, they won the tournament. So, you know, and he's put you in position like you've been a top four seed, you know, what three out of the last five years or something like that, or maybe even yeah. more, like four out of the last six or something. Um, I'd have to go back and look exactly what it is, but like to put like that is such a crazy testament to the strength of a program is to like put yourself in and yeah, they haven't done it. Like they he hasn't brought it home. That is his that is the only mark against Rick Barnes. Like the only mark against Rick Barnes is that he has not won in March. And for whatever reason, like I do not, I it does not make any sense to me. This This team made the most sense because as the roster was going into March, it was not a deep tournament team. Like That roster was not really constructed um, to really be effective. What wins in March is like typically really good guard play.
0: Um, You didn't even have a point guard, essentially. You didn't even
2: have a – and I sat there um, actually with Shump watching uh, Tennessee play – no, wait, it was later. It was the same day, but watching actually Vanderbilt and Kentucky play um, at the SC tournament and we were just talking about how they just do not have a ball handler like watching vescovi bring the ball up like first of all I mean yeah he's decent at it he can do a decent enough job but he's your main scoring thread like he's your main you know and to make him your primary ball handler and Just other than him, I was watching. I was watching like so many different guys just bring up the ball. That was like, this is not their job. Yeah,
0: Jemai Mayshak turned into the point guard, basically. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is just yeah, that's crazy. Um, So I mean, a
2: little bit can be handed to Rick Barnes on like not really having a uh, you know a competent plan behind that, but overall, um, his record is. I mean, what he's done in Tennessee is so impressive. If you included one Final Four run, he is literally like a true Hall of, like, he's Tennessee's greatest coach of all
0: time. He still might be, honestly. Bruce has one one Elite Eight, but... Bruce is the go. I will say, I mean, yeah, Seth, you just mentioned it. Like, he's shown he's been able to do... I mean, this was more than I think most people expected, especially when you see Duke on the schedule in the second round. I think getting to the Sweet 16 is probably exceeding expectations somewhat. I think the main pro for Rick Barnes... Is the player development aspect? I think that's one thing you've seen in his tenure. Yeah, we've had a couple one and duns that were always just really good. Came in and did awesome. Kennedy Chandler, um, Truchel, who who I'm I'm blanking on uh, uh, Bryce and uh, Ke- Keon Johnson. Yeah, Keon and,
1: Johnson, Jaden Springer.
0: Yeah, Jaden Springer. Uh, oh, right. Huntley
1: Hatfield was there for a little bit, but he transferred.
0: Yeah. Out. We'll but outside you. of those guys, I mean, you go you go back to that Grant and Admiral and Bone team that everyone talks about. Those guys were all three stars. Alexander, yeah, Fulkerson. those guys are all three stars. That I mean, even their freshman years, you saw potential. But yeah. I don't think Rodney anyone.
1: Turner Bowden,
0: yeah, that team
1: was pretty stacked.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can get too far into it, but I'm just saying when they first got there, outside of Grant Williams, always kind of showed you something. But those other guys were raw. When they first came in, they were not, you know, Ponds, play-
1: look what East Ponds turned into. He's yeah. the perfect example.
0: Yep. That's a great example. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to spend too much time on the Rick Barnes uh, hot seat train because I don't think it exists. Uh, I think he's done a good job, and I think he'll stay there for a few more years and retire and be remembered well. I think by the time he's yeah. gone, Tennessee fans will appreciate what he's done, regardless if he does kind of get over the hump. I think if he makes it to at least an Elite Eight, everyone's going to be ecstatic for him uh, and be sad when he's gone. Otherwise, I think they'll just appreciate his whole tenure at UT.
1: And one thing that I just wanted to add that uh, before we close out on Rick Barnes, it's kind of weird how we've really just devalued SEC championships in basketball. Like, that is a championship. If Heupel or Jeremy Pruitt or whoever had gotten an SEC championship in football – I mean, that cements him as being loved by Vols fans forever, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's kind of – you need to take a step back. Hey, Rick Barnes has got you a championship. And and I feel like SEC championships, conference championships used to matter a lot more than they um, do today. But, I mean, it's still a big deal. And if you're realistic, Rick Barnes probably will be best, if maybe second best uh, all-time at Tennessee. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I think it's easy to get lost in the frustration of the moment of the – Not advancing in the tournament. And I think people got a little frustrated with this team in general, even though for most of the year they were really good. Um, But in hindsight, I think those championships do hold weight. Like, I think as you kind of grow past him or, you know, whoever takes over next, you start to appreciate that kind of stuff more Um, because it just doesn't come around that much, you know. No one outside of Kentucky in the SEC has won that many SEC championships, honestly. Like, especially, like, the tournament championships. Y'all see that stat where, like, out of, like, 50 tournament championships, Kentucky's won, like, 32 or something. Like, that. like it's it's something just absolutely absurd. Um, so, to get one over on them, and he's really had Kentucky's number for the most part outside of this year. Um, he's played them really well. And, yeah, he's just – just made Tennessee a really solid place. I mean, he doesn't quite have the excitement around the program at the moment. It doesn't feel like, even though you know it's in a it's in a really healthy spot. It feels like um, he doesn't quite have just the momentum, the positive momentum going forward in terms of like the fan base. But that can easily be one good team and a, f- a couple of fun wins, and like everyone's right back on right back on board. And yeah, if he made, I, I would say he probably. Uh, uh, like two years is probably pretty realistic to like what he's gonna have left at Tennessee. Just in my head, that's according to zero sources, according to absolutely nothing. Just what makes sense in my brain feels right. Whether whether it's kind of on his own terms or whether it's kind of like all right, Rick, it's kind of time. Um, I think that's about right for what what he's earned and like what what he's deserved. And um, I, I, I would love, I I really would, I I would love for to see Barnes make at least an elite eight, like at least I'd really like Tennessee to make a final four. Although it's kind of a fun, fun little argument to like peace to have um, as a, as a fan of a, a program that, that does get kind of compared to Tennessee. Sometimes Arkansas, like, like who's got a better basketball program. It's like, well, we've been to six final fours and you guys have been to zero. So it's kind of an, it's, it's like a Trump card. It's like, dude, y'all haven't even been to a final four. Um, but I would like to see Rick Barnes do it, and I would like to see uh, Tennessee fans get to get to experience that. But hopefully, it'll be at the same time as the Hogs. That's really the dream: Hogs balls Final Four.
0: It was always Hogs and balls. It was
1: never was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will move on. We'll we'll go ahead and talk a little bit of the Final Four. Really, just so here's here's where we're at. This is the beauty of March. We've got San Diego State going up against FAU, and then on the other <laughs> side we've got. Miami going up against UConn. And for whatever reason, Miami really snuck up on me this tournament. Like, I was not paying attention to Miami just racking up wins. I had no clue they were, like, getting this deep in here. Like, FAU, obviously, I was kind of keeping track of them. They were, you know, I mean, you, you kind of have... I mean, they are the Cinderella, I guess, because even SDSU, is a them and Miami are both five seeds. I think it's cool seeing San Diego State and UConn in there with two head coaches that were both assistants to, like, great coaches. Um, Dan Hurley being an assistant to Jim Calhoun, I believe, at UConn. And then uh, – what's his name? Brian Dutcher, I think, at San Diego State. He was on – he was an assistant on the Fab Five squad back at Michigan with – uh, who was the coach of the Fab Five? Does anyone remember?
1: I should know that.
0: What was his name? Steve Fisher. Is that right? Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's it. Because he, yeah, he went to San Diego State. Yeah, I guess he went to San Diego State and brought uh, Dutcher mm-hmm. with him. So, I don't know. Just a cool little full circle moment for some of those coaches there. You know, assistants that were on great teams that are now running the show back there in the Final Four. Coaching man, yeah. A lot.
2: Well, I can – UConn is an absolute machine right now. They are playing a level of basketball that's pretty much head and shoulders above, like, really good tournament teams.
1: They haven't Um, even played a close game.
2: No. Just been absolutely flat-out dominating. And I I watched them against St. Mary's, and I was like, well, they ran away in the second half. You know, they were way more athletic and long and just kind of overran them. And then I watched them dominate for 40 minutes versus Arkansas, which was tough to swallow. Honestly, kind of easy to just bow out. Like, yeah, we just got our, we just got rocked for 40 minutes. Like, yeah, that's it. Like, shout out UConn. Like, best of luck. Uh, anyway,
0: I got to, I may have to run here. I'm someone's at oh, the door. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Trucial. Anyway, I mean, UConn has just looked awesome. I think they're the favorite. I mean, that's who I'm picking yeah. right now. Well, Is that who you're picking?
1: Yeah, I think everybody's picking UConn right now. Um, besides that St. Mary's game, which I believe the margin was around 14 or 15, so it still wasn't even really that close. Uh, UConn's beat everybody by at least 20, some teams 30. So
0: yeah. their
1: shoulders—it it seems like just head and shoulders above everybody else right now. Now who knows what happens? Obviously, a team can get a little too full of itself. Hey, we've been destroying everybody this whole way, and well,
0: and these other teams are hot too, right? It's all yeah, everybody. Once you get hot, to the Final, Final Four, it's who like all who knows. Are I mean, who knows what can happen in the round of 64? So, I mean, nothing's ever guaranteed, obviously. I would like to point out, I was just going to say, I was going to say real quick, I would like to point out Miami, they were catching a lot of crap for doing the old uh, don't pick us video. Did you see that before the tournament started? People, people were, it was, it was the same as when Tennessee did it a couple years ago and then got bounced, I think in the second round. You know they did the whole "Hey, don't mm-hmm. pick us!" and started naming all this stuff. People started roasting them, saying they were jinxing themselves. And I'm not saying they're going to yeah. win it all, but it it worked out for them all right, and here in the Final Four.
1: Yeah, I mean back to back Elite Eights, and um, last year was actually Miami's first time in Elite Eight ever. So they they really built on that appearance, and now have gotten to their first Final Four ever, uh, as well as FAU and um, San Diego State. All three of those teams have never been to a final four, never won a national champion. So really, although UConn is the favorite right now, it's most likely just by odds we're going to have a champion that has never won one before uh, because we obviously have three out of the four teams that have not done it. So I'm really excited to to see some fresh faces. I mean, imagine, well, if FAU wins, that'll be the lowest seed ever to, to win a national championship. In 1985, Villanova as an eight seed won the national championship and they're the lowest seed ever. So this season with how uh, crazy the first round was, I believe it had the most upsets ever in NCAA history. Why not just keep that streak going of breaking history and let's get FAU a national championship. Uh, that would kind of be the cherry on top uh, of this crazy March madness. And but the way they're rebounding, who knows it could happen.
0: I was going to say, so me and you were both going with, UConn I guess for national champion so who are you picking in that other matchup between FAU and San Diego State um I want to say
1: San Diego State just because the way they play defense they're another top 20 team in the country uh in defense and they have a lot of senior kind of veteran leadership on that team uh and that usually just kind of can push you over the edge in, in games like this and moments that are so big that you need some guys who have a lot of experience, uh, playing out there. I mean, my gut is telling me San Diego state. I want Florida Atlantic to get there. I, I want Florida Atlantic to win the whole thing. So the balls can at least ha- say, Hey, we, uh, we almost beat the national champions. We'll, we'll take second place. So I'll just kind of push Tennessee up there and, uh, we'll, we'll hang a banner on that. Um, so,
0: yeah, San Diego State that that'll be my pick,
1: but I'm rooting for for Atlantic for
0: sure. All right, all right. See, I'm liking uh I'm liking FAU, which is why I think I'm going to go with San Diego State. And I think that's just <laughs> the only reason I like him is because I've been watching him so much. And it's like they have, well, I'm almost convincing myself out of this right now because FAU seems to have a little bit of the magic. I mean, you saw it in that Tennessee game especially. When they needed a shot, or when they were throwing up like some big shot, it was going in. Like you knew it was going in, and then it did, and it dropped. And the guys were all ice cold. You said it; they're one of the best rebounding teams in the country. It look, it looks like from what we've seen in March, anyway. And I don't yeah, know statistically how
1: statistically they, they are too. And even
0: well. what's funny too, going back to them having a little bit of the magic, there were times in that game. A lot of these rebounds they're getting are like these long rebounds, like kind of BS rebounds that are like shoot a lot rebounds. of threes. Yeah, they just bounce the right way. Well, and yeah, okay, that that does kind of equate to it a little bit. Having shooting a lot of threes, you're going to have a lot more chances at those long rebounds.
1: But still, it's got to bounce the right way for – Yeah. And that's the way it's been, so. Yeah.
0: And I think – I'm going to go San Diego State just to be different, even though you said San Diego State, didn't you? Yeah. But Yeah, I mean,
1: that's fine. We'll roll with it Yukon San Diego State um I think that's probably what most people have right now um I mean I want to know if there are I'm sure there are plenty of people who have one of the four teams in the final four Miami fans, UConn fans, FAU fans San Diego State fans they I could see them putting in their bracket but I wonder how many people have at least two out of the four uh in their bracket it probably can't be too many people.
0: Because it is so random, like because UConn is looking to us like top dog. But even the most I heard from anyone, I think Benny was on the podcast a couple weeks ago saying, hey, yeah, UConn's playing really good right now. They're solid. They could make a run.
1: I don't know of
0: anyone that was like, this is a team you really got to look out for to win it all. And you obviously weren't saying that about Miami, San Diego State, or obviously FAU. FAU was a team – I watched in their conference tournament, I was like, man, these guys can really play. They might win the first round, you know? And yeah, I was, they yeah.
1: might. And they yeah, they did. They uh had that close game against Memphis and they're like, oh man, great for FAU. They're they're making some noise in the tournament. And then nobody thought they'd be sitting here with as the dust clears and everybody looks up who's still standing. The uh the owls are left yeah. standing with uh, some of the big dogs.
0: Absolutely. No, it'll be fun. I mean, this is what makes this tournament is so perfect. Cause there's really no, I mean, you can argue the only arguments that come in, or there are some teams that get jibbed for not getting in the tournament, but really if you're a bubble type team, there's only so many excuses you can throw. You know, you obviously didn't play amazing during the regular season to warrant some, some type of seating in the 64 tournament or a playing game. So the fact that there's really no gripes like you have in, you know, college football, I guess, is really the one we're thinking of, uh, you just get in and you play and yeah, seating matters somewhat, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to play good teams Yeah. early on, later on, whatever happens. Some guys get easier roads. Some don't either way. It's it's a tournament and there's one winner. So it's beautiful about it.
1: Yeah. And that's why, I mean, people get so fired up for March madness college basketball. It's such a big event. Uh, uh, you could see it at the, the sports book. You could see it at the casino, just the energy in that place that it's magic is just pure magic. What this tournament brings on man. And, um, it's been a crazy year. Uh, it kind of sucks the way it ended. We had the lady Vols get bounced as well, but uh quick shout out to Caitlin Clark, 41 points, um, 11 assists. And I, I don't know if she got her. I went to bed before, uh, that game finished. I'll have to double check, but she was two rebounds away from a triple double. So, plenty of crazy stuff happening in the women's tournament as well. Lady Vols, I was holding out hope that, hey, maybe they could make a run and uh, live, have Rick Barnes live vicariously through the Lady Vols, but they get bounced. And uh, now it's on to baseball season with the Vols getting uh, a nice little sweep of the Aggies. Did you see that this weekend?
0: Oh, yeah. So, uh,
1: baseball season's fun, man. The Screw the Aggies.
0: People don't think a lot about it. Um, obviously, Tennessee fans have more so over the past couple years. But, man, I've, I've been getting really into college baseball. It's been fun. I like, you know, it's easy. It's, a you know, a little weekday action. You want to throw some sports on. It's like, oh, great. We got college baseball going on because, yeah. you know, you got three games in a series just about every day. Um, so, yeah, that'll be fun. Just tells you, like, you get a little bit of the summer feeling. You know, summer's right around the corner, even though, obviously, all three of us are still – are in the working world now it does you still get a little schools outfield feeling yeah. once may rolls around and the college sure. world series gets going in june so
1: yeah the summer everybody the the sun out being outside is just exciting and um really down south it's even more exciting with how good the sec is in baseball i was looking with my roommate the other day uh 10 of the 14 sec teams are ranked this year, uh, the only teams that aren't are Auburn, Alabama, Mississippi State, and Georgia. Um, well, and three of those teams, Mississippi State, Alabama, and Auburn, they're usually ranked every single year. Georgia's a bad uh, program, but it's insane. Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, they were all ranked in baseball this year. AM. Uh it's, I
0: mean, the South rules. Yeah, man. and two of those teams you just named that aren't ranked. I think Alabama was ranked not long ago, like as much – or as recent as a couple weeks ago. And Mississippi State, obviously, I mean, you have defending national champs, right? Uh, two
1: years ago. Two years lost, ago, sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Ole Miss won last year, but – Dang, uh, they
0: yeah. did, did Ole Miss win last year? Yeah, See, they I beat Oklahoma. Dang. Anyway, but uh, that's – another thing, too, about baseball. I hear a lot of people – baseball is kind of down with our generation, and I have some theories about that because – the MLB was going on strike, you know, right around when we were born. So people kind of stopped watching. And our generation didn't grow up as big of baseball fans as, you know, the generations and decades yeah. before. But I love going to baseball games, man. And that's what I tell anyone who t- tries to tell me baseball's boring or isn't fun. I say just go to a baseball game.
1: Yeah, Whether going my- to a game is completely different than sitting on the couch and watching it.
0: Yeah, even if it's a minor league game, college game, I mean, they're just fun. They're good, and you don't have to, you really don't have to be totally engaged the whole time, even if you want to just go have a good time. It's fun being outside, eating some hot dogs, throwing a few back, and you know, just getting yeah, the, having
1: a good time out there. Nothing yeah. wrong with
0: that. But yeah, I know. I'm excited. Tony, Tony V's got the voice playing. True, shall I do on a segue? We'll see. Seth had to leave us. We'll see if he gets back in time, but me and you can cover it for now. I did want to take a look at now that March is winding down. For the listeners that don't know, Trucial Seth and I did a little college draft if we were to make our own super conferences. No really logic behind it. We just drafted college programs to see who could draft the best conference. And I assume it's all over the place because
1: yeah, we had some
0: guys, some guys go basketball heavy and that ended up backfiring because you have a few teams that are traditionally good at basketball that weren't as good this year. You had some guys go for schools that are really good at a bunch of sports but don't really win anything and then we had I think you mentioned to me before we'll get into it but I was able to draft Georgia in the second or third round of our picks just because everyone they got overlooked cuz they aren't good at a lot of at a lot of things but they got a national championship we still haven't decided what the scoring system is going to look like but you can have a honestly it could just be an eyeball test
1: yeah uh, we can I mean, kind of I mean, look
0: at it and be like oh that's a good conference yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to take it away and just see kind of where we're all sitting right now, I think that'd be good.
1: So, I'll rip off mine real quick. And this was honestly looking, um, it's up and down because I have some, some picks that I really like here and then some that looked a lot better before this year kind of started. Uh, so this was a snake draft, uh, three picks per round, two days. So a total of four rounds for everybody that uh, didn't listen to the actual draft. But I had Ohio State, Alabama, and Oklahoma in the first round. Those three right off the bat, I was pretty happy with. Uh, then I had Penn State, Miami, which is uh, speaking of them, having them in the Final Four, that's looking that's a good. lot better. Uh, yeah, because then- you were worried,
0: you had to be worried about Miami with yeah. football season not with going football, your way,
1: not going great. But hey, they Final Four run—that's got to be some big uh, bonus points for pulling that one off. And we finish off with Wisconsin. Who had a pretty down year on both sides of the ball, pretty pretty bad first round uh, first round pick, uh, or I guess technically second second round first day pick. Um, when just like you said, Will, we were talking about Georgia was still on the board. They they rip off another national title that would have been nice to to have in the conference for sure. But uh, so, Will, it looks like you had Michigan, Notre Dame, Clemson, LSU, Texas, and Oregon going in the first round. Or the first day, first and second round.
0: It's not bad, Michigan. You got a playoff team in there. You got a couple tournament tournament teams in there for basketball too, or at least Texas, anyway.
1: Or no, uh, you, that's Texas A Excuse me.
0: Oh no! Yeah, Worse. Texas A Not good. All right. Yeah, Seth actually had Texas. So we're just riding with Michigan right now, right? Yeah, because Notre Dame,
1: they their football season crumbled, and they didn't have a good basketball season. Uh, Clemson. I mean, they were pretty good in both. Not great. LSU was good in football, good. horrendous in basketball. Um, Texas A&M, they were pretty good in basketball. Made a, they were ranked. Uh, in Oregon, they were pretty good on both sides too. So, but no, yeah, so. not really, not really anybody that necessarily stands out super big. But at least in terms of, and we'll get to the second round. We haven't even talked about that yet. There, there mm. are some good picks in here. Um, but yeah, your, your second round, you got a lot of value. Here we go. Uh, Georgia, Florida State, UCLA, and then it gets cut off there. I think you had Kansas. Uh, I want to say I had Kansas
0: and UNC.
1: Yeah, I was about to say North Carolina and Kansas. That's what it, it kind of got cut off on the picture. I, I don't know what I did with the actual paper. I think I ripped it out of the, the original notebook. But yeah, Georgia, Florida State, UCLA are the ones that I can see. Then UNC Kansas, I'm pretty sure is
0: is what you had. Georgia, yeah. Florida State, UCLA might kind of be my best ones, I think, too.
1: Yeah, because Florida State, their football, they ended up having ten wins, right, Yeah, uh, in football. Georgia U- won the national title. UCLA, they had a great basketball season. Um,
0: yeah, and then an okay football season. Did they yeah. win their bowl game? I don't know if they did or not. I think they may have lost.
1: We'll have to go double-check on that. but
0: Yeah, all good. Don't worry about it.
1: Um. So, yeah, that's uh, who we had for you. And then Seth had Florida. USC, Texas, Nebraska. Oh, he had UNC in the first round.
0: Oh, okay. Then I've I been some, some
1: kind of traders. didn't y'all make a trade?
0: We did make a trade. Oh, what did, did he you give trade me?
1: for? Did you trade Duke for UNC?
0: No, no. Keep.
1: Then he had to...
0: Keep going with his, and I'll I'll try to think on mine. But yeah, Tennessee, go
1: ahead. Iowa, um, Washington, Auburn. And then um I can't see his last one. It's A I don't believe it's Arkansas. Cause I'm pretty sure he had that in the first round, but
0: did he have did anyone have Alabama?
1: Um, yeah, I had Alabama.
0: Oh, okay. Ooh, you're looking good with that one then.
1: Yeah. Cause they were good on both sides of the ball, one SEC regular season and tournament. Yeah. So not bad yeah, I'm at all. happy with mine. Ohio State, they obviously played well in football. Um, they got not too good in basketball. Oklahoma, that's – Oklahoma's a pretty big – honestly, Ohio State for being my first overall pick was a little bit of a letdown, not a huge one, but Oklahoma going in my first round let me down big for sure, having a terrible football season, um, and then they weren't really going to do much in basketball. But – I think we were also kind of just going off historical value too in some of these teams. That's true
0: because we were looking at his nil opportunity kind of as well.
1: Yeah, it's like all right, this team is going to be good for the next fifteen to twenty years because they have this many nil opportunities. So that's kind of how we were drafting it, if I remember correctly. But we yeah. might just have to do a scorecard each year, and then after twenty years, determine who uh, <laughs> <laughs> who had the
0: better conference over the past twenty years. Right off the bat, I'm thinking of some scoring situations for college football. You could do, like, if your team won, if you're bowl eligible, we'll call that, like, three points. Mm -hmm. If you won nine or more, that's five. You win a bowl game, that's another five. Conference championship will count as 10. Playoff appearance, we can count as 10. Playoff win count as, like, 20. And national championship count as 25 or 30 or something. Yeah,
1: probably and then,
0: 30. And then we could do basketball. I think we could actually probably do solely off. Uh We could do like another conference. Ch- if you won your conference, regular season or tournament title, you get some points. And then if you want to go tournament-based, you just do it like the ESPN bracket does. And just yeah, every round you win is a few more five Five points, points for this win, 10 points for
1: a second round. Yeah, yeah. 20 yeah. For- a final four appearance. Yeah. So, so forth.
0: Something to think about.
1: Yeah. No, I think, uh, I mean, there's, there's some teams that really surprised this year, uh, including the Vols, so.
0: we we'll have to include baseball, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, uh, I mean, let's see. Yeah, you kind of, you could use some baseball because Florida State's good at baseball. Notre Dame's good. Uh LSU and A and M, they're good at baseball. So you've got uh maybe some, some teams that can make some noise there.
0: Who knows? We'll see. All right, Drew. Any other topics that stick out to you before we close it out? I mean,
1: no, I'm looking at my team right now. Uh did I did I I never even said my second half of my team, did I?
0: Did you not? My bad. I don't think Go I did. For it. No. You, for, yeah, you went through ours. Go for yours.
1: Uh so I went so, I've got Michigan State, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia. Um, God, yeah, my second second day was pretty rough. Then we have Baylor, Utah, and South Carolina. So, South Carolina hey, they finished a little bit uh better than people thought, but that's
0: true, that's true. Uh,
1: Utah, did they they won the Pac 12, didn't they? In football, didn't they? Or, uh, or was it Oregon?
0: No. Nah. Somebody no, upset it was, USC. It was Utah. Utah beat Yeah, USC. they upset uh,
1: USC, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, Utah at number 11, that's not too bad for a pac Not bad champion. at all. So, and Baylor
0: could have really, saved you in basketball, but they just didn't want to do it this year.
1: No. They, uh, they laid it out, all out on the line for that 2020 national championship. That's one of the coolest stories ever, just how that program started after basically getting the death penalty – uh, before their current coach came in because they had that murder or something like that on the basketball team. So he came in and I don't think they had any scholarships, any players on the team and built it from the ground up, stay there for 20 years and pulls off a national title. So
0: Dang. I'm definitely yeah.
1: a, a fan of Baylor basketball. Pretty impressive what they've done.
0: Yeah. I like their coach. Is it Scott Drew, the coach? Yeah. yeah. I like Scott Drew. All right. Well, good deal. I think for the listeners out there, so Most likely, or we'll see, but there's a good chance Trucial will be having some guests on every week or so or every other week. We'll see how it goes. Um, We'll be a little more sporadic now that football season's down. You can expect definitely probably an NFL draft preview pod with uh, the main group, Seth Trucial and I, on here. But otherwise, be on the lookout, uh, whether it's every week or every other week from Trucial and his buddies doing some extra content. But yeah, guys, uh, this has been Paydirt Sports, part of the Six-Pack Coverage Network. Check them out at Six-Pack Coverage on social media and on sixpackcoverage.com. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Paydirt underscore sports and on Instagram at Paydirt Sports. Guys, thanks again for listening, and we will see you all soon.
1: Paydirt out.